Hey everybody, welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week we're talking with Roger Cowan, creator of Dog Tired Guitars in Perkins, Oklahoma. Roger builds custom guitars that inspire, and he builds them out of the most amazing materials. From concrete to old barn wood to baseball bats, no texture or material is off limits. His products are 100% American made, and people are loving dog tired guitars so much that there's now a two year waiting list. You're going to love getting to know more about Roger, and stay tuned for a special offer on your next purchase from Dog Tired Guitars at the end of this podcast. So here we go with Roger Cowan. Well, today we're coming at you from Perkins, Oklahoma with Roger Cowan of Dog Tired Guitars. Roger, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for coming out to see me. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about you and your love for music and how that led you to starting Dog Tired Guitars. Oh, wow. Um, long story. So I, I, I grew up around music my entire life. I mean, I remember being a young kid. My dad had guitars all over the house. You know, he couldn't play any of them very well, but they're always around and he would always have music, you know, going around the house. And I started playing piano when I was five, did that all the way through junior high. Uh, started playing trombone in sixth grade, did that all the way through high school, um, started playing guitar uh, my junior year of high school, and, has, and I've done that ever since. So music's always been a huge part of, of who I am. So, uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit about what drives the heartbeat behind this company. Um, I know this is a passion of yours, but yeah. yeah, tell us more about that. You know, it all, I think it's all born from the atmosphere I grew up in. My dad was a very hands-on person and he was always building and making things. I mean, he had a huge shop he built in the backyard and if, if he needed something, he would make it. Or, you know, I remember when I was in, okay, funny story, when I was in seventh grade, I bought a 1950 Chevrolet pickup because I was going to fix it up to show, right? It worked all summer to make 350 bucks to buy this truck. <laughs> and so we tore it, you know, down from the frame and started rebuilding it from the frame up. And we bought different parts. And then my dad would manufacture pieces, you know, to make the parts work on the truck, you know, the steering and all this kind of stuff. And so that was just the kind of person my dad was. Just if he needed something, he would make it. And he, he there was nothing he couldn't do. And I kind of grew up with that, that desire. I'm sorry, my dog down there is, <laughs> for those of you listening, that's, that's my dog, Marty. She's our mascot. She's Marty a, <laughs> wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> Marty wants to be on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, I just grew up with that kind of mentality and, uh, you know, having been a musician for so long and playing guitar, I was never a terribly good guitar player. You know, we talk about the friends that we know, uh, Kevin and Joel, and they're both really good guitar players. And all of my guitar playing friends were like that. I could never play nearly as well as they could, but I always had that desire to create, you know? And so growing up in that, that, that household that I grew up in where, you know, it, it, if you need something, you just make it. I always wanted to build a guitar. And at one point I just stopped making excuses and decided to want to give it a shot. And, and I built my first guitar. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What was that process like then going from building your first one? Did people just kind of start to notice it? And yeah. 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 I, well, yeah. So it's funny as I, since I've never 
been a good player. I've always just kind of, you know, beat the crap out of my guitars. You know, I've never been a finesse player at anything that I do. And so I knew my first guitar I wanted just to sort of be rough and rugged. But I wasn't a fan of sort of the artificial relicking that's real popular. And so I just went and I scrounged wood. Actually, there's an historic church here in Perkins that they moved uh, from the site to this uh, historical park. And that's where they've got all the historic buildings in town. They're all located now in this one central park area. And where they moved that church from, I went over there and scrounged old wood from that site and brought it home. And that's what I built the guitar out of. I and love it was, that. You know, and it was just a matter of, uh, I, I, was, I didn't go in with a lot of fear because it was, you know, so other people do this all the time, so I can do it. <laughs> and of course, you know, the internet is the greatest thing ever. So yes. lots of help from friends on guitar forums and mm. watching YouTube and just everything I could get my hands on. Um, I, I figured out how to piece this thing together and it was it came out better than I would have hoped. And I, I've got less than a hundred dollars in the thing because I scrounged all the parts. You know, I bought really cheap pickups from friends online or whatever and just threw this thing together. And it's just so raw and so rough and so rugged. And I love it to death. I mean, it just gets the best sound because it's just very, again, sort of very raw and very natural. And so that's, you know, that was the first one. And yeah, our uh, worship leader at church, he's a, uh, he, he was a bona fide, you know, rock and roll star in the 70s, you know, traveling rock musician. So he's a really good musician, really good player. Showed it to him and he loved it. And then I built my second guitar, which was built out of concrete. And, wow. when, and when he saw that, when he's like, okay, yeah, just if you can do that with concrete, you, you've got to build me one. And so then it just, <laughs> and it just, you know, kept going from there. You know, one friend say, sees it and says, I want one, then another one, and then another one, and then another one. And then I would build for... Um, you know, for charities in between there to try to get my, my chops up, you know, just get more guitars built. Cause I knew that each one was getting better and better. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So if you can build them with concrete, is yeah. there any like texture finish that's off limits? Not really. Okay. I mean, it's okay. right. I mean, it's all a matter of just <laughs> time and money. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's great. Well, I know you make guitars with a lot of sentimental value mm -hmm. and each one is unique. And like you made a guitar for my buddy Joel mm -hmm. out of Barnwood from mm -hmm. his grandpa's barn. So talk about that, like how you incorporate that into what you're doing. That's, that is probably what lights my fire more than anything else is when somebody has something that they have a strong connection with um, and then they want that to... For a guitar player, you know, there's nothing more personal than that, that, that connection they've got with their guitar. Yeah. And if they can even make that even deeper by having something that was, that means a lot to them being part of that guitar, then that's like, that's what really fires me up. Um, and you know, with Joel, it was a, it was a piece of barn wood from his grandfather's barn that was built in Southern Oklahoma in like the early fifties. So, and it, you know, it's just, there's so much family history and for Joel, you know, again, growing up in small town, Oklahoma, Obviously, those roots are really important to us, and you know, for him to have that and have that that connection is you know, that's to see the the things that he does that he posts on Facebook with that guitar or whatever, and just see the joy he gets out of that guitar. That's by far that's better than just selling a guitar to some random rock star who's playing it in front of you know tens of thousands of people, and there's no connection there. So yeah, well, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> So if I wanted a custom guitar made, what does that process look like? Where would I start? Sure, sure. So 
most people find me either on the website or Facebook or Instagram, one of my social media platforms. Um, and they'll contact me with, you know, Hey, I want a guitar built. So the first step is finding out what you want your guitar to be like. Um, I have turned down jobs because honestly they just weren't guitars that I was terribly interested in building. Um, you know, it's, for example, someone wanted a, a seven string, you know, guitar for metal, I, that's probably not going to be in my wheelhouse. Uh So I'll, I'll refer them to friends who I know do really good work in that genre. Awesome. Um, you know, but you know, actually I had a guy from Tulsa contact me about two months ago. He's an architect in Tulsa and he was ready before we even talked. He said, Hey, just where do I send my deposit check? I went, hold on. I, you know, I need to talk to you to figure out what you want. And then once he and I touched base and I found out what he's looking for, he grew up in Northern Oklahoma in the Vanita area. And so he's got strong roots up there. And so there's an old theater up there, I think from like the twenties that he, you know, is sort of part of his childhood that he wanted a guitar built from. So again, now that really, I get excited about building those kinds of guitars. So, yeah. So once we, once we figure out that your vision and my vision sort of align Mm -hmm. and it's something that I'll be able to do, uh, and we sort of talk about, um, an overall design aesthetic and, and pieces and that way can, I can work up a, a price for you because it's all going to be based on how much labor is going to be involved in what you want to do. So, uh, and then if we come to that and we figure out the price is mutually agreeable, then, you know, I take a deposit and then you get in line. That's awesome. So how much time does it take then? It really varies. I've had some guitars that have taken me two to three months. I've had some that have taken me over a year. Wow. So there's, there's a lot of, when you're building everything as a one-off, uh-huh. you know, there are lots of variables that you have to take into account for. And I just can't, you know, on, on one that I just finished, I had to custom make the pit guard because the, there were no standard pit guards out there. So, yeah. It there, all depends. It, it all depends, <laughs> yeah. But I will say I've got about a two-year waiting list right now. Wow, that's incredible. So, yeah. I love it. So what has the response been from people who you've made guitars for? You know, it's been really good. Um, again, we talk about Joel and just, you know, I remember first when I first gave it to him and he was just sort of in awe of having this this thing that was built from his grandfather's barn and the top of it looked like his grandfather's barn. And to see people get excited and sometimes emotional over having that piece of family history that they can now use to tell their own stories with and keep that, you know, keep that going, that's... That's why I do this. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's that creative outlet and that connection. It's all about connection. That's so good. Do you have a favorite guitar that you've made? Wow. Um, you know, each one that I build is always a little bit better than the last one uh-huh. that I just built, right? Yeah. But I think for, I think the challenge that it gave me the aesthetics. I, there, sorry, there's Marty again. I think she's <laughs> bored with us. <laughs> uh, but the challenge that it gave me, the aesthetics, and then all the overall mission of the guitar has to be sort of the Matt Holiday baseball bat guitar. That was one of those where when my, my friend asked me to build for the event, and I had the bright idea of saying, hey, let's build one out of Matt's baseball bats. I said that before thinking what all that would entail, <laughs> you know? So... Yeah. Uh, when I finally had the bats in hand and I had to figure out how to turn those into a guitar and that, that problem solving process. And then to see what I ended up with 
And then, you know, the amount of money, that thing raised $45,000 for charities. You know, of course, that most of that is through, you know, through Matt's generosity. Uh, But the fact that it was able to help raise that much money for charity, all those things sort of work together. And so I I think really that's my favorite one. That's awesome. Yeah. And that actually then kickstarted kind of, I mean, you obviously have a love for charities. You've already mentioned that a couple of times, just different things that you've worked with, but that particular one started this annual event then that you get to be a part of. Right. Yeah. Working with need to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're just, not only is their music incredible, but their heart for giving is equally as incredible. And so every spring they have a charity golf tournament and auction in Charleston. And, uh, because of that first event, I got uh, plugged in with them. And so I build a guitar for their event every year. Um, you know, and it's just, it's really amazing to see what those guys can do with, you know, what I'm able to produce. You know, obviously if it was just me, you know, they wouldn't bring nearly that much, but then I'd take that and give it to them and then they run with it. You know, it's really raised a lot of money for their charities and it's really incredible the work that they do. It's super powerful. Yeah. Well, you also made and donated a guitar to raise money for Tulsa Public Schools yeah. and the music education there. Yeah. One that actually has a really special meaning behind it. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, Kane's Ballroom. Okay. You know, yeah, it is. Kane's Ballroom is just sort of the iconic music venue in the state, you know, bar none. And everything from, you know, Hank Sr., to uh, Sex Pistols, you know, to <laughs> lots of people have played in that place. Many genres. Many genres, yeah. Yeah, actually there's a really funny video on YouTube of the night that the Sex Pistols played and there's, you know, um, um, there are, uh, they're picketing outside because those weren't the type of people that we wanted in Oklahoma, apparently. <laughs> but what's funny is they only played, I believe it was six places in the U.S. on that tour and Kane's Ballroom of all places was one of the places. So, Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Canes has a long, storied history, and uh, I've got a friend who's the manager at Tulsa Band Instruments, and he had the idea to build a guitar to raise money for Tulsa Public Schools music education, um, and then he also had the connection at Canes. And when we went and talked to those guys, they were all in. They said, "Let's do it." So they donated all the wood. They helped pay for the guitars. It was it was an amazing thing. Yeah. And I think it ended up raising a little over $30,000 wow. for Tulsa Public Schools. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And people can find that on your blog, right? You have they can. pictures posted there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You guys will have to go check it out. It's It was a cool project. So tell us a little bit about why is music education so important and near and dear to you? Yeah. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, I grew up around music. Yeah. So it's always been a big part of my life. My wife and I met in high school band. Uh, nice. Yeah, she was a senior. I was a junior. We got engaged at her senior prom. Our parents freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we stayed engaged until we made it almost to the end of college. So it was a long engagement, about six years. So, but anyways, so my wife and I, we met in high school band. Uh, both of my kids are currently in band. As a matter of fact, my older son, he started playing trombone in sixth grade, which is when I started playing trombone. When I started playing trombone, I played the trombone that my dad played in school. When my son started playing, he played that same trombone. Um, and as a matter of fact, his, my wife and I, we ended up reconnecting with our old high school band director. Uh, we went to school in Lawton. 
um, our band director we had lost touch with after graduation. He ended up moving to Missouri and then came back and relocated to Edmond. We live here in Perkins, which is about 45 minutes away. Reconnected on Facebook. He came over to a, a jazz concert for my son's like first, I think it was ninth grade jazz band. Um, maybe it was even eighth grade. Um, but he, at that point in time, he sort of saw the, the spark in my son. And uh-huh. the guy would drive 45 minutes every week to give my son private trombone lessons. And then he gave him a, a professional line trombone. And, and, uh, uh. and my son just enrolled in OU as a trombone performance major. So that's incredible. Yeah. 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 So yeah, music's always been just a huge part of us as a family. So I just, I, I think that staying connected and, you know, especially with the smaller programs, Perkins is a really small town. I think population is about 3,500 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point in time, the, the band program was really small and it has just grown by leaps and bounds and they've needed help. So, you know, one of the things that I did was I donated a guitar so they could raffle it off to raise money for, to buy new band instruments, things like that, or uh, band uniforms. So yeah, every time I, I, I get a chance to be around the music scene or be involved in some way, you know, I'm, I'm a very, very poor musician, so I'll never be out front I'm perfectly happy being in the back, being that sort of supporting role. Yeah. So, and you know, the worship leader there at Sunnybrook, where we go to church, he's got two of my guitars. And so to see them, you know, on Sunday mornings being played in a worship setting is, that, that's a great feeling for me. Yeah. Yeah. And music, I feel like is something that it will serve you well for a lifetime. Oh, and sure. it's something that, you know, you can, once you learn how to do that, it's kind of always a part of you. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, something else that's important to you are small town values. Yeah. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about that and, and how that plays a, a role in your company. Hey, Marty. Hi, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's weird. I, I grew up in a larger town. I grew up in Lawton, which is, a I think, a population of about 85,000, 90,000. And Lawton's just a, I think it's an atypical Oklahoma town because it's, primary military. So there's a lot of people who, you know, are transient, you know, they, they come and go. And so there's not a strong connection there, but my wife and I, we moved up to Stillwater in 93 to finish up college. And, you know, when we, when we landed up here and and got ourselves planted here, we really felt like we were home because it was a much smaller town. Uh, the community is much tight knit, knit, much more tightly together. <laughs> um, and I think that the, the values that you find in small town Oklahoma are, granted, it's not everybody's cup of tea, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, politically, culturally, um, community-wise, it really fits who we are as a family. Um, you know, we're, I, I, there's not a time when, you know, say someone in our small group may need to have some work done around their farm or whatever. So we all get together and we go. We just do it. Yeah. Um, our church, we do a lot of community projects. We actually have a, a project where we, we build like two houses over the course of a weekend. Um, and it's those kinds of things that allow you to know people and work alongside them that I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, because work shouldn't be about fulfilling yourself, honestly. Yeah. Um I think 
work that you do should be for the benefit of others. And that's, that's why a lot of what I do with Dog Tired, it's not so much just building any random guitar that I think I can make a ton of money off of. It's how are you going to connect with that guitar? What's it going to do for you? So that's, that's kind of a big thing for me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Well, all of your guitars are 100% American-made. Oh, absolutely. That yeah. has to be something that your customers take a lot of pride in. Oh, sure, sure. And I think that's that may not be one of the reasons why they come to me, because uh-huh. honestly, we're sort of in the golden age of guitar building right now. There are so many small guitar shops around. I've, I've belonged to a, a couple of guitar forums that have a really active builder community. Um, and there's probably 20 or 30 guys in there who build just as good or even better than I do, uh, have some wow. really amazing designs. Um, so it's not that they're coming to me, I think, because I'm just so good at what I do or that I'm, I'm, you know, everything's made in the U S but by the same token, you know, I've had people approach me in the beginning saying, look, we can get you hooked up with, you know, a company in China and they can produce things. And it's just, that's, that goes, that's completely contrary to what I want this company to be. Yeah. You know, I think big vision for dog tired. If, you know, if I'm sitting here just sort of dreaming and, you know, I, I have an hour drive to and from my full-time work. And so I spend that entire hour typically dreaming about dog tired, you know, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, and if I had sort of my druthers, I would have a, a big retail store in downtown Stillwater that is also my manufacturing facility. And I would still produce everything right there because I think that's, that's key. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to compete in a Walmart marketplace where yeah. I'm just trying to see how quickly and how cheaply I can build these things. Mm-hmm. But it's an art, you know. I'm I I'm an artist, and I do have an artist temperament to a degree. So I I like, and I think that's a nice way of saying I'm a micromanager and a control freak. <laughs> but it's <laughs> uh, I, I I really like to do everything myself because it just means a lot more. I I don't want to build up dog tired just so other people can do the work that I enjoy doing. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. What would you say is your favorite part about this business? Connections. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I love talking to people and getting to know their story on why, why do they want this guitar built? What's, what is so important about, you know, this town or this building or whatever, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and and why you want this done. Um, So that's as much as I, I think as much as I like to portray, you know, being somebody who, you know, sort of the grumpy old man where I just buy myself in my garage and don't want to interact with anybody, <laughs> I really, really want people to connect with. And I think, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's just, that's the human story, right? We yeah. all want to be understood above anything else. And talking about something, you know, when you're talking about building a guitar for somebody and getting that story, you know, that's, that's a really neat feeling to have that connection. That's great. And what have you learned along the way? Like, obviously, probably way more than you can say because you started it from the ground up. But right. You know, plan A never works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, plan B doesn't either. It's, you know, it's all about being able to make a call on the fly and roll with it and, and just take it as it comes. You know, when I was first prototyping my guitar straps, it was, 
I had the perfect idea in mind on how I wanted this to go. And of course, it didn't work out anything like that. And then I had to go through about three or four different iterations before I finally landed on something that was a good product that we make here in the U.S. that was, I think, worthy of having the dog-tired brand on it. But it was, yeah, it was just, it took forever. But now I've gotten to where I enjoy that process because I know what to expect. You know, I'll, I'll sort of plan out version A and realize that something's going to happen to where that's, that's not going to work. And so you have to go to plan B or C or D or whatever it is. So I think that's probably the biggest thing I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you have? And I want you to speak especially to creatives, mm-hmm. thinking about maybe just starting a side hustle or whatever it might be. What yeah. would you say to them if they're thinking about it? Definitely go for it, but don't go for it with the intent of making it huge. Go for it with the intent of fulfilling. Oh, hey, Marty. Go for <laughs> it with the intent of fulfilling that that itch that you have to create. Um, you know, I didn't start off building guitars thinking, I wonder, I hope other people like this design. I was just building what I really liked. And it just so happens that other people liked it too. And so consequently, I don't ever go into the shop thinking, great, I've got to, you know, sit here and make this guitar now because it's, I'm building stuff that I enjoy building. So don't ever go into it just hoping to make it big, go into it for the right reasons. And if it's, if it's going to get big, then it will, regardless of what you do. Yeah. So I have to ask, how did you get the name? Was Marty behind that? (laughs) Well, no, but uh, (laughs) before the guitar company, I had a small, you know, I talked about this a little earlier, I had a small studio in in the office here. And the only time I would have to record was between the hours of, you know, after everyone went to bed, so like 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. So consequently, I was always dog tired the next day. (laughs) So that's what I named the studio. And then, of course, it just fit right in with the guitar building business because now I, you know, I have a full-time job that I work an hour from home. So I do that. I've, you know, then I drive home and I've got, you know, two teenage boys, uh, my wife, my dog, you know, I've got all these other things going on. And so, you know, working in the shop typically happens on the weekends or late at night. And so still I'm, I'm always dog tired. So (laughs) I love it. That's where it comes from. That's great. Well, what would you say is next for this company? You know, I would love to, I've been putting, putting a big focus on the guitar strap business right now. Um, I'm pretty well maxed out on guitar orders. Like I said, I've got about a two year waiting list and that, yeah. that I keep about a two year waiting list. And since I'm the only one that builds, I can't increase production there. Um, but we do make the guitar straps actually at my full-time job. Uh, and consequently my Uh, My boss at my full-time job is also my business partner in the strap side of the business. Crazy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, But we make them all right here in Oklahoma. And so I would love to grow that distribution. Um, You know, we're in about 13 stores across the country right now, most of them in Oklahoma. We've got one in Arkansas and one in California as well. I'd love to grow that distribution. As a matter of fact, we're taking a family road trip. We're leaving Wednesday, going to head up to... Going to head up to Indiana, or we're going to go to Elkhart, which is where the Con Selmer factory is. They uh, make trombones and trumpets and everything there. Uh, but on the way up, we're going to stop in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is where Sweetwater headquarters is. Ah. So I'm going to take some guitar straps. Yes. See if I can get into Sweetwater. And then also I can write off the trip, too, as a business expense. So there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the perks of being a small business right. owner. Right, exactly. <laughs> So are there any fun projects that you're currently working on? Well, I think my my pet project 
is one that I've I, I've had in the back of my mind ever since I started Dog Tired, and it's called my Heritage series of guitars. And what I'm doing is I'm taking one structure out of each county in Oklahoma. I'm going to build one guitar out of that structure, and then it's going to come with um, you know certificate of authenticity and uh, a written history. Um, and I, I don't really I'm not really looking for landmark types of structures. It could just be you know, a house out in the middle of a field that was, you know, built in the early 1900s. Because the whole point is to dig around and see what I can find story-wise and history-wise from that one family. Because it's all part of the fabric of the state. You know, we all know about, if you grew up in Oklahoma specifically, you know, you, we all know about Kane's Ballroom. Yeah. But what about, you know, this one family who homesteaded, you know, at, on the land run or whatever? Um, I want to find out those lesser known stories to sort of add color to uh-huh. the, the state history. Yeah. Now the downside is there's 77 counties in Oklahoma. <laughs> and, and you have a two year wait list. I've got a two year wait list on custom <laughs> guitars. I've only done one of those guitars so far. So, and that was actually the Canes ballroom guitar. It was the Tulsa County guitar. Awesome. So yeah, it's at this rate, I'll have to live several lives before I can get that project finished. Unless someone comes by and, and orders one specifically, you know, I was yeah. talking about the guy in Tulsa, the architect in Tulsa who grew up in the Vanita area. He's actually ordering that County guitar. So that's how that one's going to get done now. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun idea. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, we'll have to keep up with that one on the blog too, huh? Yes, please do. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> well, how can we follow along with what's coming up? Because you also have like t-shirts and stuff like that too, right? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got the website, dogtiredguitars.com. Everything is loaded up there. I'm on Facebook as dogtiredguitars and Instagram, which is dog underscore tired underscore guitars. So, yeah, there you go. Well, we'll link to all that in the show notes, too. And everybody go check out Roger's work. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. I, I, if you can't tell, I enjoy talking about Dog Tired. So It's great. (laughs) It's so fun to learn about. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, what a fun interview and what a fun business. I love how Roger has combined his passions and built this business from the ground up, weaving in these amazing stories behind the guitars that he's building. And his commitment to charity work and the amazing projects he's gotten to do along the way is so inspiring. He said something that I loved. Work shouldn't be about fulfilling yourself. I think work that you do should be for the benefit of others. And I think that's something we all need to remind ourselves of every now and then. We also have something extra special for you. Roger is giving a Rural Revival discount on the Dog Tired Guitars t-shirts and guitar straps that you can find on his website. Just use the discount code REVIVAL when you check out and that will give you $5 off any guitar strap or t-shirt from Dog Tired Guitars. So be sure to check out the Dog Tired Guitars website for more and we've got links to everything in the show notes as well. Thanks, Roger, for being on the podcast, and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back here again next week. Have a great day, everybody.